Hey you, welcome to the Road by Road Garden Show, the best gum gardening show on the radio and the internet as well. Glad to have you this evening. We got Mama Hoss in the house. How y'all doing today? Yep. She's uh, back from a brief hiatus. Yeah, yep. took a little vacay. Yep. So we got something special this evening. We are talking about expanding your food garden. And we got something special there at the end, a special offer for you. So make sure you hang around for that. You won't be disappointed. Mm -hmm. So what is going on in the garden, Mama Hoss? It's time to harvest my roselle. And I wanted to show you, because a lot of people's asking, how do I know when it's ready? So this is a branch. So it starts out as these little calyx here, and then it blooms, and then the bloom falls off. You can see this one's drying up. The bloom will actually fall off, and then about five days, it's ready to harvest. And I made us some roselle tea. Yep, I love the roselle tea. Now you can do several things with roselle if you follow this very much. Jams, jellies, wine, and tea. And I believe to me that tea is my favorite. Yeah. This is actually from last year's roselle that I dried. Um, yeah, good stuff. And you can also eat leaves. Hand me one of those leaves there. Yeah. So the leaves are edible, and if you're, uh, you got a little maturity of age to you like I do. I'm going to explain what this tastes like and you're going to get it. <laughs> it tastes just like goat weed. You remember when you was Billy a goat kid? Grass. Billy goat grass. Mm -hmm. When you was a kid and you pulled the billy goat grass out. Now you youngins out there ain't going to know what I'm talking about, but you older folks is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Yesterday when Debbie Cagle came by and her husband, mm -hmm. And I let him taste of it, and that's exactly what he said. It tastes just like billy goat grass. Billy goat grass. Now, you're going to show your age on that one. But I've got some things growing in the garden as well. I'm going to show you all this right here. This is quick star crappie. And then leaves are starting to wobble on me a little bit. But I'm going to tell you what. This is absolutely a wonderful crappie. The quick star is the name, and for good reason. Man, this thing is quick. About 45 days, and you got nice-sized karabi bulbs. These could get just a little bit bigger, but this is edible like it is. Now, I've got the Conan, which is a good variety planted right next to it, and it's a good two weeks behind this mm -hmm. one. So if you're going to plant the first one you're going to plant in the fall, and maybe the first one you're going to plant in the spring needs to be this quick star variety because this is a wonderful one and it comes off super super quick and it's got that nice white light colored flesh to it right there now if you let these things get too old they're going to split on you so you don't want them to get too big and you don't want to leave them out there a long long time and forget about them you're better off to pull them up and then uh, maybe store them somewhere they store really good but if you leave them out there and you start getting a lot of rain, they're going to split on you, and that's not necessarily good. Now, I would let them get just a little bit bigger than that. I want you to try that one right there. These things have endless possibilities of what you can do with them. Coleslaw, you can roast them with olive oil. You can, you know, shred them up and put them in a salad. Tastes like cabbage. Maybe cabbage and a turnip, kind of in between the yeah. two. Yep. And you know what? I've never done it, but you know there's leaves that got to be edible. Mm -hmm. Look at the pretty leaves. I take it and boil it in some chicken broth mm -hmm. and put some honey and ginger in there. It's yep. really good. Cabbage is looking good. Everything is looking real good in the garden. It appears we're having a cooler 
fall than what we anticipated and what we've normally had in the past. Got a little chilly here yesterday. I think it was about 38 degrees. So we are looking at having, I think we're going to have a cold winter. But I'm glad all my all my greens are looking good. Collards are growing. Man, What's cabbage that? is pretty. Got beets coming up. We got uh, radishes maturing out. Mm -hmm. So everything's kicking along in the garden. But now what we're talking about today is expanding your food garden. Okay. Let's talk about some of the things that you may want to take into consideration about when you start growing your own food, how you can do a, build, a better rounded spear of being able to bring all your food together that you grow. And one of the main things that we do here that we started a couple of years ago, maybe you started a little bit before that, is herb gardening. Yeah. Now, herb gardening is one of those things you don't need a huge area to do it with. You can start out small, and, and, and I would probably recommend starting out with maybe two four by eight raised beds at most, and then you can expand a little bit from there. But you will be surprised how much a small area will produce as far as herbs goes. It's tremendous. Mm -hmm. Show my collection. This is a good starter kit. Yep. It has Italian basil, tarragon, thyme, Italian parsley, and dill chives. Yep. Yeah, it's got some of your basics in there as far as herbs, and we sell it in the collection. There it comes this nice little collectible tin. That's a good way to get started. Now, talk about your herb garden a little bit, because you do things a little bit different than I do in your garden down at the house or your kitchen I've got, garden. I've got uh, rosemary in a container, and then I've got some oregano in a container. I've got basil and sage and garlic chives all in a raised bed. Mm -hmm. And I've actually, this week, gathered my basil because it's fixing to play out with the frost, and I'm drying some of it for the first time. Right. You can use these these herbs as to make the smell good. That's a fancier mm -hmm. word than that, but I'm going to say make the smell the good. The aroma. The aroma in your house. You can use it for, what's these, tinctures? Is that tinctures? Yeah. We got some pictures to show. Yep. And you can also use it to enhance your food. And that's what I've been working on the last year is really trying to incorporate these herbs into our cooking. Because so many times it's easy to just cook something and forget mm -hmm. it. But if you got it close by or if you plan ahead, then you got these herbs out there you can go ahead and incorporate into your cooking. Now, some of the cool season ones that you can grow is going to be cilantro. Now, I know some of you people out there got that gene where you don't like cilantro. Tastes like I, soap. Tastes like soap. I particularly, I love it. And uh, you can grow cilantro. is a good cool weather crop. I've actually got some now coming up in my indoor growing kit chives, dill, and parsley. Those are the ones that love it in the fall of the year, and they love it in the early spring. Now, you can grow cilantro in the summertime, but it doesn't grow real well. It bolts out on you, and it loves it loves the fall weather and the early spring weather so much better. And you can actually grow that cilantro all during the wintertime with our indoor growing kit. Mm -hmm. So you well, can have your fresh cilantro to go in your tacos. We'll throw up a picture of that in a link. Yep. Also, there's different ways that you can grow herbs. Now, if you're uh, in a situation where you don't have much room, you can use the raised beds like what some what you do, but you can also use these containers that we've got called these root pouches, Yes. and you can grow your herbs in those, and you've got some planted. I do. Well, my garlic's in the root pouch. Right. So you can grow those, and the great thing about those is they have handles on, so if it does come a cold, cold, you can pick it up and move it inside and move it back out so they're kind of mobile. Vertical garden. Yes. 
A lot of these people now, uh, if you watch some of the YouTubers or our affiliates, they call them the green stalk Planner. planters, which is this vertical gardening thing. These are ideal for growing mm -hmm. herbs. You want to start small and simple. Yep. And if you're doing a raised bed, you want to put your bigger herbs at the back and your smaller ones at the front so it's easy to gather. Yep. Um, and there's some that are better planted with others. Basil and tarragon go good together. Um, because they like it, extra water. Mm -hmm. And then your rosemary, sage, and thyme, they prefer a drier soil, a yep. sandier soil. So yep. some things work. Do a little research and find out what works better for your type of soil. Yep. Most of them prefer a high organic well-drained soils, mm -hmm. most of them. And most of them prefer a full sun. Now you can get by with partial sun in the summertime with six hours of sunlight on some in the summertime, but for the most part you want to figure on full sunlight. Okay. And that August heat, it always burns them back a little bit. So you'll have you'll see you have some struggles when it gets real, real hot and dry. But I've got two raised beds in the middle of my big garden. Y'all know I got an in-ground garden. Excuse me. And I've got two raised beds out there that I grew my herbs in. Mm -hmm. Thyme, rosemary, and sage. Now sage is probably one of my favorite ones because it is what goes into your dressing at Thanksgiving. It gives it that wonderful flavor. Also, that's the same season they use in the sauces. So sage is one I like to grow. Oregano is another one I like to grow out there. And mint. Now mint has been around for a long time. Mint's a good one, especially you people that like to make teas. Mm -hmm. We could use some mint in this today. Mm -hmm. But you got to be a little careful with mint because that stuff is aggressive and invasive. Very, yeah. yeah, it'll take over on you. It would do better in container. Yeah, it would do great in container. Yeah. So there's all kind of herbs out there you can grow. Really start small, like you said, and then look at things that you think you would use in your cooking or in making teas, things that you would, would use. And you know the roselle would be considered an herb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have some garlic chives I planted last year that went all through the winter all through the summer and they're still doing good. Yep. So let's show these pictures. All right. Um, the first one is four kids in a farm and it looks like some rosemary and it's actually now, these are YouTube. These are YouTubers if you want to look them up on their yeah. YouTube channel. We'll put their YouTube channel. They sent us some pictures. The second one is from four kids in a farm. They're yep. out in California. Right. right. Um, of some basil grown in a container. And then we have Honeystead. Mm -hmm. She is um, a beekeeper. And an herbalist. Yeah, and an herbalist. And she's, if you watch her channel, she's building a bee apothecary. And it's really interesting to follow her journey there. Yeah, and she's located in Virginia. And I mean, she has got a wonderful channel. She's a wealth of information. I had a long conversation with her at the Homesteaders of America. And she spoke there, actually. Mm -hmm. She is, she's wonderful, and just go check out her channel. She yeah. is very uh, inspirational about doing some things that we might not ordinarily grow. Yeah, and there's a picture of her garden yep. with all her bee hives. Yep, she's a big, uh, a big beekeeper. And then the Holler Homestead, we met them too, and uh, they grow a lot of calendula. Yep, which is one of our favorite ones. Yes, um, I got some of that planted in my, the root pouch. I like to make the salve out of it. Mm -hmm. And then we got a picture of the Stivers herb garden and a picture of where they're making the, how do you say it? Tincture. Echon, 
Echinacea? <laughs> yes. And the echinacea is an herbal flower that can be steeped in alcohol. I think it's like 97%. It's pretty Ooh. steep alcohol to create an herbal supplement. And if you take it at the first signs of having a cold or flu virus, it really helps you out there. And it'll make you feel better, 97% alcohol. <laughs> yeah, it's bound yeah. to feel better. Bound to feel better. Or not feel it at all. Um, then we have Garden Thyme with Mac, and that's Mackenzie Johnson mm -hmm. sent us a picture of her little herb garden. Um, she's got a video out there where she made some herbal butter that's yeah, pretty cool. That sounds great. And then Just Dig It Farms, mm -hmm. they're in Georgia, right? Uh, no, they're in Alabama. Alabama, oh, that's yep. right. Over there with Cog Hill. Yep. She sent a picture of her Yarrow. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know anything about Yarrow? I know a little bit about Yarrow. I got Yarrow planted now. Yarrow is a perennial, so you just don't uh, willy-nilly plant your Yarrow. You have to kind of plan ahead, but uh, I've got some of that planted now. And then we have Wild Herbs of... Leola. Lolita? Yeah, either one. Either one. And there's a picture of all her herbs and flowers hanging up on her mantle. Oh, we actually man. went to see her and they, she's just now, awesome. Now, Instagram is her platform. Yeah. So if you want to check her out, go on over to Instagram and check her out. She does an amazing job. And then there's a bundle that she has. And this is actually, let me read what's in this. It is mugwort Yara, rosemary, lavender, bee balm, rabbit tobacco, yeah, and dried flowers. And you can even burn it for the aroma. <clears throat> Are you okay? I think I'm gonna choke on something. <laughs> or you can just let it lay around for, for beauty. Yep. She does a lot of that aroma stuff where mm -hmm. she burns these incenses and stuff like that. But yes, yeah, it's, it's always something different you can learn you can do with all this right here. All right, so let's move along and let's talk about something else. What about orchards? Yeah. Food orchards. Fruit. Food, fruit orchards. How about that? Okay. So what we do here is we have a small orchard and we have fig trees. If you follow us much, you know I love figs. But we also have plum trees. We have a plum cot tree and we have pecan trees. We have a lemon. We have a uh, lime. That's right. I have that. Do you have the lemon and lime? I've got a dwarf mulberry yep. that I bought this year. Um, I have a sasuma that has not produced any fruit in two years. So I'm going to give it one more and then three strikes is out. Which actually I planted it in the wrong place. Yeah. So. But let's throw up a picture of your fig trees. Yep. How many do you have? I got 14. And I'm going to add a, probably a couple more. There's a couple more on my wish list. I'm going to try to get this winter. So we should round out somewhere around 16. I'm going to draw a line there, Sheila. I think so. Yep, I ain't going to do no more. I'm just going to draw a line there, and we're going to have about 16 fig trees. And they've been, some of these have been out there a couple of years, and they really started to produce well. And one reason I got fig trees is I absolutely love raw figs. So that's part of what you need to plant around when you start planting your home orchard. You need to plant things out there that you're going to use and that you really like. You know, if you're in an area you can grow apples, you need to, and you like apples, you know, this is a great food source. A lot of these figs and pears and mulberries and things like that, mulberries not, but all of the others are really come in after your vegetable garden mm -hmm. kind of phases out. So it gives you a food source to bridge you over in that summertime into the fall of the year. And we've had blackberries, blueberries. Yep. 
And muscadine. Don't and forget about the grapes. Yep, yeah. we're planting new muscadines this year. So these all sorts of things you can plant. Now, the main thing is plant things that will grow in your area. Here in the south, we really have trouble with things like apples. Now, there is a couple, three varieties out there. They say you can grow in North Florida and South Georgia. I've not seen anything really do well as far as apples here in the south. Now we do wonderful with pears, we do good with figs, we do good with mulberries, we do good with all those things here. Peaches. So, peaches, yeah, we have enough chill hours, we can get peaches as well, plums. And then I got that plum cot tree. So we do well with those things right there. So you want to talk to some people in your area that's been growing things for a long time and find out what really grows good there. And that's pretty much what you want to stick with. Now, if you want to get out of the ordinary, you're going to need to do some decent amount of research to make sure what you get is going to grow there. Apples, for example, these different apples out there that have different amount of chill hours. So you want to get one that will grow in your area if you want to go down that route. Yeah. Anything you're looking at, you need to look at the chill hours. Make sure you have enough. And the chill hours are not consecutive. So it's over the period of the winter. Yeah, peach trees are a prime example of that. You know, chill out, uh, peaches require a certain amount of chill hours under 45 degrees mm -hmm. to produce a good crop of figs. And you, that's the reason we, some years we have good peach crop and some year we, and years we don't. Do you know the chill hours vary from year to year? Yep. So you have to check it for the year. Right. And you want to make sure that you're growing things where you need to grow it and also plant it in the area that's going to be productive. Most of you fruit trees as well is going to like an area that's high and dry. Mm -hmm. It's got good soil, but Sunny. not in a bottom where it stays wet all the time. And you know what? We always make a mistake, and you've done it, and mm -hmm. I've done it as well. You plant trees, and you don't think about what it's going to look like in 10 to 15 years. And it gets to a point where it starts maturing, it starts producing real good, and it's too big, and you got to prune it back. And that's always disheartening. So plan ahead and make sure that you put that tree where area has got plenty of room to grow and mature. I think that's what happened in my Satsuma is I put it in too shaded of the area and then I pruned it really hard mm -hmm. and the last two years it hasn't produced. I yep. think it's too much shade. Yep. You know, you can do all sorts of things with those fruits and stuff. We make, you can make wine, mm -hmm. make jelly, make teas. Mm -hmm. You can dehydrate. Mm -hmm. You can dehydrate a lot of these. I mean, we've seen people do it with figs and apples and you can have those food source only into mm -hmm. the wintertime there. So it's really a, it, it kind of balances out the whole spirit of doing, growing your own food and being able to preserve it and everything Right, like and that. you can also grow it in containers. Yep. So my lemon tree and lime tree are in a container um, because I haven't decided where I want to put them yet. And they've done really well for the last three years. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, <coughs> yeah, I go again, I think it's this tea. <laughs> A lot of people up north like to grow these nice variety of fig trees. And the way they do it is they do it in containers, and they're successful at it. And then come real cold weather, they pick them up and move them inside. Yeah. I have a picture of my lemons and limes we yep. throw up. Right. And my lemons, talking about them, I need help <laughs> with what kind of lemon this is. It, I got it from a box store. Here. And it said Meyer lemon, but it is huge. It's like a grapefruit, but he's going to cut into it. It actually tastes like lemon. You can make a whole gallon of lemonade. <laughs> oh, for one lemon. <laughs> for one lemon. 
Can you cut it? Yeah, I think so. You having trouble there? So the problem with big box stores sometimes is varieties. Uh, sometimes you may not get things true to variety at some of the big box stores. Now, you know, they have spring sales where they bring these varieties in and you get all hung up on a moment and you buy you some of them, but that is the one thing I would watch out for. Man, that thing is, hey, look at there. Wow. That's a lot of lemon. Let's taste one of it. That's for lemon. Ooh. That's lemon. It's kind of pithy a little bit. Kind of pithy? Pithy a little bit like some of the oranges are. Yeah. But that's definitely a lemon. And let's show um, Katie Wampus Acres. They are, they're in Georgia. Right? Mm -hmm. They sent us a picture of their persimmon tree. Yep. It's gorgeous. Pretty golden yellow. And they have Meyer lemons. Now their lemons actually look like a Meyer lemon, right. not like this. And peach trees. Mm -hmm. They have, it's called Snow, what was the name of that peach tree? Snow Angel? Uh, right here it is. Right here. Snow Angel, white peach. Yep. yep. And then my lemon trees. She Show can grow them over up. There. Oh, yeah. These are actually limes from my lime tree that I picked this week. And Greg makes an awesome key lime pie when he's yeah, not on I a really, diet. I really enjoy <laughs> I really enjoy the limes. Uh, if he's on a diet, everybody's on a diet. Yeah. And we did but come, come holidays, I'll make a couple of key lime pies. And it's nice to go outside and be able to harvest those. Cut one of those in half. Now that came from a box store too, but it's yep. pretty true. It's definitely a lime. <laughs> yep. Okay, the other thing you need to talk about is about self-pollination. Yeah, so when you buy these trees, and this is, goes back again to the, uh, the big box stores, you don't get a lot of information when you buy this. So where would you want to buy your fruit trees from? Okay, you got options out there at the big box stores, but you don't have the information you need sometimes. And sometimes you need to know if they need a pollinator or if they're self self-fertile if they don't need a pollinator give an example a friend of mine gave me a plum cot tree which is a combination or a mixture of a plum and an apricot so it's come from the university of georgia they bred it a few years ago and i was really you know proud of it and i planted it and a year later i did a little research on it come to find out it has to have a plum to pollinate it so i pretty much wasted a year so i had to buy a santa Ana plum to put out there close by to pollinate my plum cot tree. So some of these plums, some of these citrus trees, some of all of it are self-fertile, some of the apple trees. So you got two things there. Some of them need pollinators, some of them don't. And those that do need pollinators, you got to be careful not to do a cross-pollination. So if you're going to plant apples, do enough research there and know if they do need a pollinator, pollinate them with a light kind variety so that your varieties stay fairly true. And we talked a little bit about where to buy them, but one of the good places is your local nursery because mm -hmm. you're going to find trees that are will grow in your area. Yeah, if you have a good local nursery that you trust, that's one of your better places to buy. You can get the information you need there from those guys and, uh, and pick up those trees. Now, you want to look for a tree 
that is well rooted in, but they don't want to be root bound. You don't want those roots circling in that uh, in that pot. You want it to be filled in, but not too much. And then your third option is online. Yeah. So there is some nurseries out there online that are good nurseries to deal with, and there are some bad ones out there. So be careful about who you deal with. Now I know a couple of bad ones off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. It's located here in Georgia that I would not recommend. But there is some good ones. Now, Ison's Nursery out of uh, around Atlanta is a good nursery there. And, and just a little side note here, they're not paying us anything. We're not getting anything off this. But I have ordered from those guys before, and they do a pretty good job, and they're a trustworthy nursery. They're big in the muscadine breeding. Mm -hmm. They also sell some fruit trees. Also, we got friends up in Missouri Stark Brothers Nursery has been around for a long time. In fact, I think it's the oldest continuous nursery in business in the United States. And they do a great job. They're known for their apple trees, got a lot of unique varieties. But if you're in the middle of the country, those guys would be the ones that could set you up and give you all the information you need. Now, they've been there for a long time, so they got a good learning center on their website with a lot of pertinent information, so you can do some research there. And... and they have gave us this discount code for you guys out there if you want to order from them. And here it is. Row by row, 10. And that is a 10% discount for orders over $75 for the rest of the month of November. So there you have it, folks. Go check out Stark Brothers. Row by row, 10. You get a 10% discount over $75 orders for the rest of the month. So, and they're good people. And I know this for a fact. They treat their customer service like we do. Mm -hmm. If you have any problems, they will take care of it. Don't feel pressured that you're not going to have the support from them because you're going to have, if you have any problems, they are going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. Now, there's one other way you can grow your food. You can grow your food indoors. Mm -hmm. You know, during the cold month of the year, you may be in a situation where you can't grow outside, you may, your space may be limited or you just may be limited on what you can get growing. I've been growing these flash collards indoors right here. And look at there, They're you can ready, get you a yeah. good mess off of them. I could. With our indoor growing system, you can grow your lettuces. I got cilantro growing. You can grow collards. I guess, I, I don't know what, kale. Well, you could grow a lot of different things in there. Of course, our microgreens, I got microgreens going. That's a whole different show right there. But we got all kind of things that we're growing indoors just to show you people out there what you can do by simply setting up a grow light kit and having just minimum, a lot of minimum amount of equipment and what all you can do growing inside. It is all amazing. All year long. All year long. So, And you know what? The cool weather makes these collars and everything taste so much better. Mm-hmm. All right. Corny joke. Corny joke. Corny joke. Are you ready? I'm ready. How do farmers party? How do farmers party? Boy, this is going to be a good one right here. They turn up the beats. <laughs> that would be a good t-shirt. Catherine yeah. Roberts sent us that one. Turn up the beats. Turn up the beats. Mm. Turn up. You get it? <laughs> All right, folks, hope you enjoyed this show. We, we had a blast bringing it to you. Go check out Stark Brothers and check out that discount. Go use it and get you some fruit trees there. Think about stepping outside the box a little bit. Think about an herb garden. Think about growing indoors during the wintertime. Think about starting a home orchard. I think it'll serve you well. 
Now it's time for you to get outside and get dirty.